Retro Rebels brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebels release Fridays, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Retro Rebel Podcast. My name is Stacy, and with me is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. Hello. Hello, good morning, good afternoon. <laughs> good evening, good more night. like. It's uh, 8.31 p.m. <sighs> British Standard Time. Exactly. Is that a thing? Is that a thing? Yeah, it is. I think oh, we're nice. still on British summertime right now, but uh, oh, summertime. Well, yeah, we go. will fall back. We will fall back, and that'll really confuse the corona. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> we're on uh, 10 p.m. curfews over here. So are you really for drinking? Yeah. It makes no damn sense. Anyway. Listen, you can't trust people. Yeah, once you have some drinks, who cares about social distancing? At least that's what I say. <laughs> so. hey, well, you know, you're you're probably not wrong. It's a whole, that's a whole other philosophical conversation. So I just drink at home. There you go. Yeah, that sorts it. Do what I do. Drink do alone. Do. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> um, so what's been going on? What have you been playing? Well, uh, I have been playing Among Us, the new hit cross-platform super party extravaganza that is what is the least graphically intensive game. Um, right. We had Fall Guys, also not very graphically intensive, and now Among Us, another pill-shaped, non-graphically intensive game. But uh, they're really popular because they're really fun. Uh, so I played Among Us. I have it downloaded on mobile. I play it on mobile. Uh, I don't have a mobile controller, so I really can't play more than two or three games in one go before I get annoyed with how the controls are just not living their best life. Um, (laughs) I kind of do need to get a mobile controller if I'm going to start using that sort of service more. Um, But it is fun. On mobile, using a touchpad, it's a bit awkward to control. Uh, it, I got, I was the imposter once in one of my matches. I got found out immediately. I don't know what the strategy is. I'm gonna have to like look up some. I mean, there was nobody <laughs> around, and I just, I just pipped someone, and then they immediately were like, "It's pink, it's pink," and I was like, "Oh, okay, cheers." You're the imposter. I was the imposter, so they got me right away. Um, I have not successfully found an imposter. Anytime that I played it, and I'm usually one of the first people to die. So I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> I know we've planned like a team game for yeah, Temple of Yes, we have. We have planned. We're going to try to do that on Sunday, uh, and I'm probably going to be the first one to die as well. So uh, I can't wait. Well, we're going to test your your whole strategy. You're about to. You're going to learn today. I mean, my lack of strategy is more like it. Um, I also got challenged to a Mortal Kombat duel by one of our followers on Instagram. So uh, if I can arrange a time for that, we'll try to capture and stream it on Twitch, where you could basically watch me lose there too, because I I sort of suck at Mortal Kombat. But it's fine. I've accepted my inevitable defeat and, you kind of have uh, to know going yeah. into that fighting games in general it's like I, I really don't get that frustrated um i just either don't play them or i play them with someone else because i know that i'm not good so listen if it was I get nina and we were playing tekken i'd be fine but we're not playing That's tekken right. and it ain't nina 
<laughs> well, I used to think I was good at Street Fighter until I played it, the Street Fighter 9000, the one that's, you know, most recently released on the, the Game Pass equivalent of PlayStation and PlayStation Now. And I'm not. And I'm not. And it, it isn't. And all of it blew. It was the worst. So. I think they've made fighting games harder, but that's just me. For sure. No, they absolutely have. I mean, I think that it had reached kind of its its skill epitome, the peak, at like Killer Instinct. Did you ever play that? Uh, No, but it was something I downloaded and stared at for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the in the arcades, which we'll you know we will get to in our main topic, uh, it was it was the one. It was like the the last big fighting new fighting game in the arcades that kind of had any kind of new quirky controls, you know, because Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Tekken, they all had their own move set and controls and that were unique and specific to those. You know, I think was it wasn't it Tekken or Virtua Fighter where you did like the <laughs> forward and backward roll and then straight kick and it was just very blocky. Killer Instinct, that's where you started the 64, 125 hit combos and stuff. So It's too much. It's absolutely too much, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Well, uh, I have not played Among Us at all, so I have nothing to report on my skill or lack thereof for that game. But I do plan on playing it. Uh, I know my son's played it, and I, I want to download it um, just so that I'm com- you know, familiar with it. Before I embarrass myself you with the rest of the Temple of Geek. so you can be trash like me. Yay! <laughs> there it is, and so I will. Um, yeah, so I'll probably try that out today, later today, or this weekend before we before we stream it. But I have been playing uh, a lot more. I'm really trying to finish Star Wars, uh, the Jedi Order, Fallen Jedi. What is what? it? Star Wars Force Spike? Awakens. What? No, it's the Fallen Order. I know. Um, I'm just. I'm just saying titles. Well, now. I couldn't. Well, exactly. Rise of Skywalker. And, and who? Mandalorian. What? You're muttering, muddying the water there. Um, the the uh, no, I've been playing that, and and you know, because I had played it on Xbox first, I had only gotten to a certain point, and I didn't finish it, and now I can't find it, and so now I'm playing it on PlayStation, and I noticed that I got through. All the way, I had gotten caught up actually really quickly. So I thought I was much further into the game than I actually was. I was not that far into the game. I did finish two worlds or three worlds. You finish, you got to go back to one of the worlds. Actually, you can go back to any of them as you start to gain Jedi skills. Uh, you'll find that there are places you can't access yet until you get that skill. And, and then once you do, you get back on the ship and you go to that planet. So there's a little bit of backtracking, but it's it's not annoying, at least not yet. But uh, I noticed that I got back to that point relatively quickly. And uh, the skills came back, and they transfer really pretty, as most games do, really, transfer pretty readily from Xbox to PlayStation. So if you've played it on Xbox, you can pick it up pretty quickly on PlayStation. It's not that hard. Uh, The controls are not that much different. So, uh, but I've had a lot of fun, and it's it's really the only game that has kept my interest. I downloaded uh, Deus Ex: Mankind Divided. I downloaded. Um, there were a few games uh, that I downloaded from PlayStation Now. Catherine, I downloaded, which is kind of a two D side-scrolling horror game. Which not really my bag, but my I'm bag. interested to try it out. Um, 
horror as we as everyone listening knows and and amanda and i both not big fans of the genre but no <laughs> listen, my own life is a horror show sometimes i don't need to add to it yeah <laughs> it is 2020 after all so um you know we and and maybe place something for uh for this month specifically for horror so i downloaded this so that i'd have something anyway in the cupboard to play if i wanted to um, and then anticipate, anticipating the pre-patch for World of Warcraft, which was supposed to download and sp- or supposed to be released this month. Uh, and and kind of more on that later. But yeah, I really just want to finish this game uh, before Cyberpunk comes out so that I don't have anything else and, and I can really devote. I can know because sometimes, and I know we've done an episode on this, when you've got something in the back of your head, something, a, a, a game that you haven't finished yet, and it's just kind of lingering and I f- can't feel like I can move on to this other game because I've got that to finish. I mean, even uh, Ghost of Tsushima, I haven't decided. I haven't really wanted or needed to go back to that because honestly, before that, I before this uh, Jedi Fallen Order, I I wasn't really interested in playing anything else and just was gonna platinum that game. I mean, that's how kind of barren <laughs> the releases are right now there's really not a whole lot to play so i'm glad we got among us and 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 maybe i'll finish this before cyberpunk's released but listen i'm just november is all cyberpunk all the time for me i'm guaranteed. just we're just treading water i'm just then. waiting <laughs> so well all right well what about news i got a couple a couple uh stories i to... have precisely two news you have two news. Okay, we'll share on one news. So the first news is what we all sort of thought would happen, but it was even funnier in practice. Uh, parents can't figure out what the new console for Xbox is actually called, and they're purchasing the Xbox One X instead of the Xbox Series X, which I find hilarious. They're thinking oh, they're yeah. getting a deal. Like they're like, oh wow, this is only like two hundred and fifty bucks. Amazing. Look, this is supposed to be four ninety nine. Look how well I've done. And no, it's the last gen console. Um, it's a bit of a shame, though, because I think when you're purchasing a console for someone else and you get it wrong, you ruin two people's days. So I really <laughs> think that Xbox should have right. named it something a little bit easier. I feel bad for the parents, like because there's an Xbox One S and an Xbox One X, and now there's an Xbox Series S and an Xbox Series X. And if you don't know very much about the industry, you're not going to know the difference between those two things. And also, what are we going to call this new console? The Series S? Like, because just shorthand, it's not very flowy. I think they could have called it anything else. And I said this from the beginning. The name is stupid. Like, <laughs> Right. No, you did. And I was about to say that. I didn't realize how bad and confusing it was until you said that. And I, you know, I think that you or I might be above making that mistake. We might do our due diligence. But I mean, it's really easy. It would be really easy to to order the wrong one. Really easy, uh, based on the naming convention alone. And so that's 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 terrible. That's yeah, they terrible. probably don't even know they've ordered the wrong. If they've ordered it for Christmas, it's probably already right. wrapped. They think they've done it, you know. And thousands of people have done this. So wow. on pre-order day, thousands of people ordered Xbox Ones. That obviously is an error, you know. Yeah, we so, need to track you know. track the psychological damage this is going to this is going to cause going into 2021 it's like yeah how can we end this 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 year any worse but 
your parents playing a joke on you on Christmas Day, you know. An inadvertent like, joke. They won't even know. <laughs> oh, they don't know, but you're definitely going to feel like they are. They're, you're like, is this a joke? You know, I mean. I, and I, because they're purchasing it so early, the returns policy may be up, you know. Like, it's October. Right. It's not know, November, though. you know. That's like, well, like you said, that's if. And with coronavirus and delivery rates being, uh, you know, slower and uh, just sometimes missing it all together all of the potential complications you got to get it and then you got to get it back and get a refund and oh my uh, pre-orders have been nightmare. a nightmare for the ps5 and the xbox series x no matter what pre-orders have been a nightmare this generation i don't know why because a pre-order ideally should give the manufacturer enough time to stock for the demand so, you know, the fact that there are limits on the amounts that can be pre-ordered and things like that, it's sort of concerning um, right. because why can't they just make more? You know, like what is with this artificial scarcity? It's not necessary. Like we, are you telling me we ran out of plastic? Do you know what I mean? We haven't run out of plastic. Make some more, you know? So right. um, I am concerned about that. I'm, I'm also, you know, the specs have come out. And people have um, gotten their hands on tester versions of the consoles. And they're saying the difference is night and day. That the Xbox Series X is really pulling the power that was promised. Like load times down from several minutes to a few seconds in games like um, No Man's Sky and um, The Outer Worlds and things like that. That's crazy to me because I know how like tedious the loading times are in some of these right. games so you know i'm really considering if i'm gonna you know stick to the original plan and wait for like a christmas sale or something like that like a boxing day see if they come on because it seems like the demand is quite high you know you it it's possible that they won't have consoles available if you wait too terribly long because right. of how bad the pre-orders have gone I'm not going to die, but as someone with disposable income, I would feel unfortunate <laughs> if I was left out in the cold due to uh, just waffling about on this issue. Right. No, I, I completely understand. And um, I not having that disposable income yet, uh, I'm going to have to wait probably until next month to even consider it. But um, I'm still not sure which one I'm, I would want to go. I think that if I had to pick today and I had to make a choice and I could only pick one, it would be the Xbox. And I'd probably buy the, the big daddy and I'd buy the, you know, the, the big one and with all the bells and whistles. Um, because they, I saw something about the Xbox series, who gives a crap, about how you, uh, the one that's just uh, the hard drive and, and, and doesn't have a disk drive, that adding on like the hard drive the add-on hard drive like the like what i have for my playstation and, and like what you have for your xbox is like another two hundred dollars yeah the seagate uh proprietary hard drive is super expensive what however a bunch of shit. yeah it isn't mandatory though i would remind people that it isn't mandatory and other people will come to the market like you do not have to use the like proprietary one you absolutely right. don't um, but I would say the reason for not getting the lower tier console is because it isn't native 4K. It's upscaled. And that's right. a huge difference in graphical output if you have a 4K television. Now, we've talked about this several times before. I've, you know, said that I'm going to have to get a better TV if I'm going to get 
the console <laughs> right. because it just may you know why spend five hundred dollars to not see the graphics like it just doesn't make any sense right. but if you've got a 4k tv do not cheapen yourself like it's a difference of like a hundred bucks like do not do that to yourself because right. it is not native 4k it upscales it's not going to be as fast doesn't have as much storage you know like it really isn't worth it now if you don't and you aren't going to get a 4k tv then by all means 299 get in there, 249 get in there no problem you know, get the Series S, but if you do have a 4K TV or you understand the value of purchasing one for the purposes of having XXX Elite Gaming, you know, uh, then then maybe don't scrimp on the hardware because basically it's a PC, you know, and, and a PC is only as good as the screen that you're watching it on. Like, we've all known that. You can have really great graphics card, but if, uh, if your monitor can't support it, then it's going to look garbage no matter what. So, That's a fact. Uh, you know, That's a fact. It, it's important to sort of marry all your components. So just a PSA for the parents. Don't try to save yourself 200 bucks. If you've got a 4K TV, just go whole hog and get sure. the Series X. All right, so... For my news, or for one of my newses, for one of my news, um, it was recently announced, uh, as of, I believe, yesterday, that, uh, and that would be uh, the 1st of October, uh, it was announced that uh, World of Warcraft Shadowlands, the new expansion, is going to be delayed. Of um, course it is. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it could have been, I've been keeping up a lot with Talius and Inevitel and some of the other channels that don't really do spoilers per se but they do a lot of uh pre-patch stuff and and uh beta stuff and so i mean if you don't want any of the story spoiled uh then you you, you would need to steer clear but uh i like their channel because they're pretty objective about things and uh, they i think they they kind of called this one but yeah i don't i don't see how it was uh, ever going to make it out on time with everything that's happened so far this year so uh, but it is going to be delayed, I believe, October 24th. See, and this is something that really for anybody who's a big fan of Blizzard would know uh, or, you know, you'd be aware of the fact that they don't set hard dates typically because they don't ever, they're, they're, they may not, I don't know if they wouldn't meet the deadline, but they just don't set hard dates. Yeah, uh, they don't want to be tied to a deadline. I think that's smart. It is smart, and and they and I, I said this years ago that I feel like they had earned it. This is before all the loot boxes, but they had earned that right because of the quality of a lot of their games. They just had uh, they they had a a bit of leeway, you know, a, a a bit of forgiveness because of that, you know, they a grace period or so, whatever you'd like to call it. But they. Uh, they put themselves in a in a position where they were going to have to deliver on October 24th, and there was just no way uh, with the timing of everything. And so pre-patch hasn't been released yet. I think they're still tinkering with a lot of stuff, um, a lot of backlash. And we could do an episode I know you wouldn't be as interested in, in but I think we could talk about the elite gamer versus the, you know, just the common gamer to the core i guess group of gaming which is the majority of us are not professional we're not the elite we're not the hardcore and so people who enjoy games and and that's the majority of the people that play warcraft aren't really as interested in the the elite in-game mythic rating stuff uh i know you would be amanda but a lot of people aren't yes so, i would be 
and and so uh but for those that aren't like people like me I just really want to play the game and every time I've played an expansion I've enjoyed the expansion some I've enjoyed more than others I haven't hated anything or any of the time I've spent playing it um they they generally have pretty good core mechanics in each even the things that they improve or change from expansion to expansion so anyway I'm we'll see we'll see what they've got planned but that's uh that's some of the big news and that's a big deal for Blizzard cuz they don't typically paint themselves into a corner and have to um, have to cancel or or postpone a game because they usually don't give you a date so you have any more news i do so uh my second bit of news is about the xbox game passes mobile streaming service which (laughs) is now live and it has been live um and it's a very cool concept i have to give it that and there are people who are going to love it I do not think I am one of those people. Um, so I don't have a compatible controller, first off, so I couldn't access or stream anything. Uh, so you do need extra hardware to be able to do that. And when I was doing some research online, ideally, you kind of want to be playing this in a Wi-Fi area, which to me defeats the purpose of mobile gaming. Because you, when you want to be playing on your phone, you kind of want to be out and about. And like, uh, if you're using cellular data, there are estimates that it's two gigabytes per hour to stream an average game. Not even a graphically intensive one, just like an average mobile game. That's right. a lot of data to go through. I mean, I have 12 gig a month. So what, I'd be able to play for a couple hours, job done, no more data the rest of the month? Yeah, that's not <laughs> you know. practical, yeah. It isn't practical, especially, you know, if you're an adult uh, and you rely (laughs) on phone data to order Ubers and things like that for your adult life. You know, the last thing I need to do is is run out of mobile data. So I really think that it needs to have, and this is my wish list based on the news that it's out, it needs to have a download and play option like Netflix does so that you can take the games out and about and do stuff with them. Netflix has the ability to control those games once they're released into the wild, their videos once they're released into the wild, they do expire and you can only watch them in the platform and everything like that. So it's not like the games would just be out in the universe and they could never get them back. Um, But the streaming, while a cool idea, it isn't in my mind practical outside of a home or business setting where you have access to good Wi-Fi. That's just my opinion. I would agree 100%. So, And I think it would really sneak up on you because if you don't realize you're chewing through two gigabytes an hour, you know, you're on a long car ride, you know, say it's a four hour journey from, you know, or six hour journey from where I'm in Cocoa Beach down to Miami. By the end of it, like, half your monthly mobile data is gone. So, like, (laughs) it's really kind of scary. Especially if you're a parent with children. Like, you know, be mindful if you're on a shared data plan about what the streaming games are going to do. Like, talk to your kids about how they are accessing the gaming content. Because now it could be streaming. Right. No, I I just don't think, after my experience with uh, PlayStation Now, and, you know, the proposition of being able to stream games, which sounds great on the surface, sounds great on paper, and and then having the internet service that's supposed to be able to function that way and supposed to be able to provide me with that service, but 
then when I go to actually stream a game, uh, it tells me that my internet is not adequate. And I'm like, well, I've got the best internet I can possibly get right now. And it's telling me I can't do it. I just don't think we're in a position where that's practical, you know, the, without, you should be able to download them. And that's, that's the, the only downside so far to the PlayStation now is that there are some games that they won't let you download and play offline that you have to stream. And that's discouraging. I'm like, I don't, I mean, I, I can't, so I can't even play that game. There are games that are walled off to me because I can't stream them. Yeah, and, I would say sucks. like it's it's definitely different streaming versus just connecting to online services. The amount of data that you're pushing through in a full stream of all graphical elements is a lot higher. Oh, so yeah. this is this is different than them playing Fortnite on mobile or whatever. This is going to use way more yeah. data. Yeah. So, you know, just buyer beware. But that's oh, all yeah. I had in terms of news. Well, um, the other piece of news I had, and this is probably a, its own discussion, but we have talked about it before, and that is that CD Projekt Red um, is going to six-day-a-week six work weeks, um, and it's public policy. It's out there in the open now, um, and this is effectively their – I think it's their way of, of – um, getting out in front, I think, of crunch and, and the idea of crunch and, and the fact that it's a part of this industry and how they can manage it best. In my opinion, I think this is a this is a good this is a good step, I think, in my opinion. I think this is a good step. Um, from what I've read and I've I've I was on Twitter and I've followed Colin Moriarty and some other guys that are in the industry and they, they had some good takes on this this topic and one of the things that they were saying is uh cd cd project red gives a bonus to all of their employees of the sales and the most recent bonus i can't remember is somewhere like a few million dollars uh dispersed among all employees that's good. Yeah, that's the way things should be done. Is it unfortunate that they're working six-hour days or six-day work weeks? Yeah, definitely. Like that is a shame. However, I know offhand several companies that make people work sixty to seventy-hour work weeks, and they don't get paid overtime because their salary. And you know that's not in the gaming industry. So I think it's good that they're not taking advantage of their salaried employees that they're saying, listen, this is the policy for the next couple of weeks and you will be paid. That's important. Right. And you're going to be compensated for it, which these, the other individuals are as well. Uh, you know, at least sometimes they've been paid for it. Uh, and it's, but it was always this kind of dark underbelly to the industry. People didn't really talk about it, but it was always kind of understood as we get close to release dates, crunch is going to happen. You're going to have to work all these hours. And the reward will be the fact that we put out Red Dead Redemption 2. The reward is that you have a job. Lulz. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, I don't know. I, I, think this is, I think this is a good thing. And I think that this is one of the, the, the companies that is leading the way in almost every facet i think in the gaming industry from quality to uh attacking and and trying to you know corral this idea and and, and i maybe redefine what crunch is and 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 make it uh make it something that 
if it is a part of the industry and this seems to be something controlling it, reducing it, mitigating it, making it something that, um, you know, that even though it, it's a, it seems to be a part of it for better or worse, that people aren't abused and they're going to be compensated for it. So I don't know. We'll, I guess yeah, we'll no, see, I but I good. thought that was interesting. I know that uh, some of y'all may have different opinions on this, and so let us know in the comments. But uh, uh, that's all my news. So that brings us to our main topic, uh, which is something a little different uh, than, than some of the heavier topics we've had over the last uh, couple months. Um, but I think this is good, and I think we've got a lot, or I, I have a lot I, I, to say about it. So in terms of the different genres of gaming and the different i guess the the delivery types of games and consoles the different methods and modes in which we can game what are the best genres for each gaming mode right so uh there's always been the pc uh pc master race that has felt they were uh superior to uh, consoles in every way. It's time to eat your just desserts today, right. PC Master Race. <laughs> and and you know, and then everyone you know thumbs their nose at at, at mobile gaming because it's definitely not. Uh, it's definitely inferior to everything else. But is it? You know, are there any genres that kind of fit that mode better than they do the others? So, so I I kind of I have the different, or I I've listed you know mobile, arcade, VR console and pc that was the those were the the different um modes i have did you have any others that we could add nope those are the only ones i've got okay uh well which which one do you want to start with because i i you know it doesn't matter to me they all have they're all they're good goods and bads to each well why don't we start just going down by genres because i've got uh, a list of genres here right um, okay okay and okay. if we just go by genre and say what we think the best platform to play that genre of game is i think we'll we'll cover it all off word all right so since you have the list you you kind of have your list opposite of the way i do why don't you start listing off some of these uh genres okay so the first genre i've got is action games okay so uh your shooters essentially um so not action adventure just straight up shooter um i would vote that pc is the best way to play a shooter however i would say that it is also easier to play a shooter. Now, I get that the hitboxes are smaller on a PC, right? but I would argue that when you're pointing a mouse cursor directly at a thing that you want to hit, it is easier than trying to toggle with a joystick that same rectangle. So while I think PC is probably a better experience for a shooter, um, I also think that console may be slightly more challenging, and that may be why the hitbox is larger, um, but I find it harder to play a shooter on console, although that is predominantly what I play on. Well, if, yeah. So so would you say those are separate, like action and shooters? I mean, we're talking about different games, right? Well, action games typically are shooters, unless lot, you can yeah. think of one that's... You know, I'm sure there are some that aren't, but most of them are shooters. Or See, and I, like I, I consider games. like um, 
stealthy action games like um, I would even say Mankind or uh, Deus Ex is one uh, where there is shooting involved and it can be third person or first person. I'm sorry, but there's also a stealth portion of all involved in that. And so uh, Dishonored as one of those um, and and action adventure slash action adventure RPG. Uh, you know, we kind of muddy the water where you got a whole bunch of different genres lumped in together. If I were to just say strictly action games like um, Uncharted or something like that. Um, Hitman. Hitman. I would say console all the way, 100%. Um, if it were, you know, for shooters, which I'm not good at shooters anyway, the the little that I played um, Overwatch online on my computer was far superior to playing it with a joystick. You're just, it's faster. Now it's so fast and frenetic that you it, there's a bit of a learning curve. Like you really need to figure out <laughs> the, the controls to play it that way. But I do think it's superior. But the fact that we play so many console games, I am more comfortable with a controller. I would probably rather play the game. I think it's superior to play on a PC, but I personally would rather play those shooter those shooting games on a console, personally, even though I know yeah, it's Yeah, I think it's the same for me, but yeah, I think if you are trying to do tactical stuff, whether shooting, hiding, whatever, like, click to move is easier. Like, you will have less stumble over stumble out of bushes like i mean this is the reason why i can't play assassin's creed because he doesn't stop when i wanted to stop <laughs> um and i end up going into line of sight and things like that so i i would say while i tend to play most games on console so i'll just put that out there um that pc is probably the best place now to play those now games. on that note um your television at this point with the level of graphics does play a role correct like the frame rate hertz of your te- of your television has an impact on the res- on response with your your console right so yeah and that's where i think action adventure games set themselves apart right because so if you're talking about purely action games where you're focused on like achieving one thing shooting a guy hiding from this yada yada like you're sort of really focused in on specific points but with an action adventure game, there's more like landscape, context, like dialogue, cinematography. Like now, the graphics really matter. Do you know? Like, because right. it's telling a story more than it's just like shoot them up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think you're right, and so it is slower, and there's not the the need for performance, and you know, like that's the the advantage you get with the computer. So yeah, I definitely see that. Um, um, so action adventure games, I would say those are like your, um, uh, those are like your, I'm trying not to choose any RPGs. Okay. So, um, Uncharted is about the only one I can think of. Yeah. Uncharted comes to mind. Um, I would say that Assassin's Creed is an action adventure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and I think the context, having the breadth of field, the depth of field, the graphics, that you know, like a big screen and stuff helps. Fallen Order, uh, I would say, is up there. Yeah, I mean, even though you do order. have like a you do, you do have a, a skill tree, um, I would not say it is in any way a an RPG. 
you know, there's you do kind of get to pick the way you play, but ultimately you can get everything on your skill tree, so <laughs> that's not really you're not picking like survival versus Yeah, you're just picking orders. You're just picking in which order do I want to get these skills. So Yeah. Okay, so for adventure game, which is not an in action adventure. No. I would say those are like your Alan Wakes and things like that. I, Alan know? Wake would be pushing the bar or pushing the envelope on that one. I would think of, of like true, true adventures as being like Sam Zelda? and Max. Um, old like Zelda from <laughs> from the Nintendo, maybe. Uh, Breath of the Wild is such an open adventure, open world adventure game now. I think it's it's definitely adventure, but I think there's – it's kind of what happened to um, – Kingdom Hearts and to some degree Final Fantasy to a greater degree mm. that it's more of an action game now where it's everything's real time and and your fighting is in real time and you if you just stood there you die but in a, like a true adventure game uh where you're it's more point and click and or uh, I can move around like I can move around freely with my controller or the mouse or whatever but I interact with my environment. I think there's a, a, a new game coming out on the the next gen. The one that, the one I mentioned, where you have you're you're playing in the real world and the spirit world at the same time. Yeah. I think that's kind of an adventure game where there's puzzles involved. I have I have items and I can interact with my environment. Uh, a lot of walking simulators are this way. Now yeah. it's funny because I think I'm going to take an unusual stance on adventure games. Okay. Okay. I think that I would also consider Telltale Games an adventure game. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, absolutely. And I have always enjoyed playing those on mobile. Well, I think that that makes sense, though, because you can... uh, Touchscreen works well, I think. Now, I I wouldn't say that that would be my ideal way. If you enjoy it that way, I think that that makes sense, though. You could play them, and it's not frustrating because the controls aren't, you know messed up or jacked up because of the the mode i actually prefer those games on pc they're usually smaller i can download them and i can play them on pc i think the convenience of having them on your phone might be see that that's what i like awesome. them for because i can play them on commutes and stuff right and th- because it isn't an action adventure and it's slower and there's more investigations and stuff happening on i don't feel like frenetic so I don't, unless I'm supposed to react quickly, then I don't mind playing it on mobile. Do you know? Because I think mobile is perfectly suited for when you can kind of take your time a little bit. Um, And I would say, like, lots of emulators of older games like Pokemon and things like that, or Final Fantasy, like, things that are turn-based, would work pretty well on mobile. Because the portability is great. Right. No, I think that's yeah, and there's usually that that um, the pause, I guess, in the action where you can you can come up with a strategy, and that's where the turn-based stuff really came in handy. Now they've changed that. There's there are very few MMOs or not MMOs, but um, RPGs that do it that way now, where you have you actually have turn-based. There's not a timer, uh, you know, or anything like that. And so um, yeah, sweet. Okay, so what about role-playing games? And we can put, like, action RPGs and everything to the bot, but basically, wherever there is dialogue choices, heavy amounts of player choice, like, heavy amounts of expected immersion, for me, this is console all the way. 
Like, I would not want to experience it any other way. I agree, Uh, especially in these, uh, the the newer ones like Mass Effect, um, the ones that are, that integrate some of the action adventure stuff, but are truly, I mean, at their heart, they're, they're role-playing games. And that is your character that you've created and you build them up and, or build her up and, 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 and build them in a way that towards your style of play. And it's, and they're very unique styles of play. Absolutely think that the console's the superior way to play that. And, and and the controller has a lot to do with that, I think. Would you separate MMORPGs? Because I would in this case. I've played several MMORPGs on console, and you just can never be as good. uh, MMOs are a a computer all the way. I'd say I'd say mouse and keyboard for for those. I and I I thought about this too because I think it comes down to button mapping. So macros, hundred percent. If you can't, if I can't control all of my skills with buttons allowed. Uh, then you need to go to a controller that that can accommodate that many skills. And so MMOs usually have useful skills, you know, 10, 12, 15 useful skills that have to be mapped to something. And sometimes they have to be done in a particular sequence. Sometimes, And that you can macro that kind of stuff. But ultimately, the, the controller is just inadequate for all of that. And I think you, you kind of have to go to a computer. And so MMOs... I would say specifically MMOs are um, are just played better. They're more enjoyable. I, I think you get a better experience on a computer. And then the action yeah. RPGs, uh, console all the way. Yeah, 100%. I think MMORPGs, if you want to be good at them, you need to play them on a PC because you're just never going to be able to compete with people who have keybinds and macros when you're right. trying to do it through a controller. You just can't. Like, can't. no chance. <laughs> You almost can't even compete with them if you're on a computer and you don't have macros. <laughs> yeah, so. basically. Um, okay, what about simulation games? So, like, your walking simulators, right. your flight simulators, roller coaster tycoons, like, all this sort of stuff. What do you think? I think that, and I, I was thinking about this, too, because specifically for those, and I haven't played very many of them like this, but I think that that particular genre is best experienced in VR. That's, Same. See that I, I the the few that I've played, and I think that there are some very spe- very specific first person horror games that are better this way too. Um, but yeah, I think walking simulators, um, if if they if you can figure out a way to move as you would on a PC, uh, like uh, coming uh, what is it uh, the what's the one that you and I both played? Um, it's not coming home, but it's. Um, it's gone the one away? That, no, it's the one that seems like it's going to be a horror game, and you come home, and there are these notes everywhere throughout the house, and you're... I swear that's called Gone Away. Maybe it is Gone Away. Maybe it is. And anyway, it, it's another one of those walking That's simulators. a good game. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it is a good game, and, and but you have to be able to move kind of freely through the house, and I think that's something that's that they haven't mastered real they haven't mastered yet in VR where you can move like you could if you had a controller and the, you know, and the environment passes, passes by you as if you're moving down the hallway without you actually having to move your feet, you know? And I I think think I would have enjoyed it more on VR provided that I was using an Oculus or something, you know? Right. Right. No, I, I agree. Something like that. It's more immersive. And the fact that you're first person and, and there's, 
even the puzzle games that are in the in those that are that's in that genre, I think would be would benefit from having VR. It's not to say you can't enjoy it other ways, but I actually think that, like you said, the walking sims and those sim simulators, even in a plane or or a driving sim railroad tycoon, all of those I think would benefit from being in VR. Yeah, same. Um, what about simulation games? So Civilization, uh, Planetfall, certain MOBAs, things like that. What do you think? I think I think this is a mixed bag. Right. Because well, I think it depends if you're online or not. Yeah. I think that the sim games like the Civilization, um, Cities, Skylines, uh, SimCity, I think all of those... Uh, you benefit from having a keyboard and mouse. You just can't move the cursor fast enough with the controller like you can. And, and I think the same thing for RTSs, uh, which, which kind of in a way are similar to these uh, sim games because they happen in real time. There's usually not a... The game doesn't stop because you're thinking of what to do next. The game is still going. So, you know, you, you put... you put something into motion a plan into motion it starts happening and then you have to continue you know moderating it and yeah i think if it's real time you need that speed and precision right and so i think a computer for sure if it's like a standard strategy game like planet fall was where it's turn-based right um strategy and you can pause the timer and you can like because sims i play on the console um, because you can pause the day and things like that and deal with stuff that you need to do. And I play right. Planetfall on the console because you can pause in between turns and think and things like that. So I think it just depends if if you need to stay quick the whole time. If you need to stay quick, if you need if you're if it's real time, then PC. I think you're 100 percent right because the precision is unmatched. But if if you can take your time and if there's turns then why not experience it on console because it's just so much bigger like you know unless you're someone fortunate enough to have a monitor as big as your television um (laughs) you know because i've got 55 inch tv why would i want to go look at a 23 inch monitor when i can look at a 55 inch tv however you know it definitely the real-time strategy element is something that you you need that precision for so i think it's a mixed bag there yeah i agree i agree um Generally speaking, though, definitely most of those can be played on a, on a on a PC, and I think, like you said, if you had a PC screen big enough, then the PC wins hands down all the time. Yeah, you know, if you've got if you've got a television for right. your PC monitor that's 4K or whatever, then you know, listen, more power to you. Not everyone, <laughs> I think, most people don't have that set up, so that's probably just true. Uh, yeah lowest common denominator here. Okay, so sports games, I'm going to split this into two. So let's put our FIFA's Maddens and everything on one side. Okay. And then let's put our fighters on the other side. Ah, okay. So FIFA's Maddens, whatever, I'm feeling console all console. day. Console, yeah, console. I, even though you can probably plug in your controller, you know, a lot of the, the Xbox has, has a controller that can go between console and the PC. And so you could technically play it on the PC. I don't think that there's a comparison. I think that... The, Especially couch co-op type stuff, you just can't compare uh, that experience, and I think that that goes a long way uh, to the experience too. But uh, in 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 
especially in games like that, because the sports games where there is a multiplayer component to it, um, how you can best experience that game in all facets and, and the online portion being a major portion of why I even like sports games. I don't, most people don't play sports games specifically or solely because I can do a campaign by myself. You know, there's, there are leagues to play other people, whether it be online or otherwise. And there's always fighting games or sports games, the, the trash talk factor, the, you know, dominating your Yeah, 100%. And, yeah. and, like, you wouldn't watch a sporting event on your computer when you had a fer- perfectly good television right there. Like, the level of detail yeah. that you need and, like, the ad- advances the graphics are now and, you know, the couch co-op element like you described. I just think there's, hands down, I cannot see why you would ever choose any other platform other than console for a sports game. Absolutely. No, I, I agree 100%. <laughs> um, but I do think that, you know, for fighting games, fighting games maybe more so than, than others, but fighting games, I think, are almost best experienced in the arcade. Yeah, 100%. Like, and I think they're easier in the arcade, like, to level playing skill because there's only right. two buttons and a and a joystick generally you know maybe four if it's like a more advanced console but like there's less stuff going on and you can just focus on sort of being evenly matched and and learning you know how to play i don't know there's just something about the dynamic of being shoulder to shoulder with somebody fighting that it, is it's more about enjoyable the, it's about the purest competition wise form uh, uh, experience that you can get i think there's just not a there's not a similar one and Unfortunately, we don't have that experience as much anymore. It's hard to find a fighting game in an arcade or find an arcade for that matter. Uh, but I definitely think that's, to me, the best way to experience the fighting games. It was the way that I was introduced to them. It's how I knew of Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat when they were out and, and huge. in the. And then, like I said, uh, Killer Instinct. And it's not as big of a problem now, but it used to be that playing those fighting games on a console meant that I had to sacrifice quality. You weren't getting the same experience on a console that you were in the arcade. I had to play a subpar, yeah. inferior product, you know, because they just didn't have the, the graphics that, yeah. the, that, the, that the arcades did. Now that's not the same, but I think the experience is still, it's diminished a bit when you don't have a, a joystick and, and buttons versus the console and controller yeah i think so as well um so what about puzzle games like candy crush tetris etc etc now i should have clarified mobile what i mean by mobile is not necessarily your phone i just mean portably like out and about so it could be on a switch or whatever do you know like just outside and i think these are the (laughs) games for mobile and puzzle switches and whatever yeah it makes perfect sense puzzle and card games um I think both on a mobile. Uh, so, you know, whether it's Cut the Rope or <laughs> Fruit Ninja, uh, <laughs> the any of the touchscreen games that work real well on your, um, that work well on your mobile. Um, card games, even though I can play Hearthstone, which I did download onto my phone, I haven't played it, but I did download it to my phone. So I'm, I'm inching back into, I didn't have anything to do. And so, hey, listen, I used to play Hearthstone at the gym, like, regularly. <laughs> so I've downloaded it again, and I may I may give it a try, even though I'm, like, three expansions out now, three card sets out. But, you know, I, I think that the, the 
the mobile version of those games is the ideal way for me to play those. It's not you don't need to fire you don't I don't need a fifty inch screen to play you know Tetris? cut the rope or <laughs> or or uh, Angry Birds or or Tetris. You know Tetris is fantastic handheld. Um, pretty much all those puzzle games. So yeah, I would say puzzle games are ideal on on a, on a mobile device. Something you can take with you. There's short in duration. There's not a whole lot of uh, investment in time uh, in terms of like you know progress necessarily. Uh, you, you know, there's not plot or development in the story. It's I can start it, I can get in, and I can get out in terms of playing and 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 get a you know enjoy my time and feel like I accomplished something in that puzzle. So yeah, mobile's a bit mobile's a way to go for that. And then idle games. I always take this to mean like things like Cookie Clicker and I don't know, like Farmville and things. Do you know like where you're just sort of managing resources and things happen and you're not really doing much? Right. Um, And I think those work well on console, PC, and mobile because you're not really doing much, do you know? And If that's the sort of game that you like to play, I think it just comes down to where you are at the moment. <laughs> Probably so. I, I don't understand those games outside of the initial novelty of them, and then to play them any more than that, I'm like, I'm cookie clicker? I don't get it. There's, I, there's, I don't enjoy it. It's just, not for me, but like I know that people like it, you know? Oh, for sure. I mean, Minesweeper might as well be an idle game because no one knew how to play it anyway. Oh yeah, I still don't know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had I had a question that's kind of that reverses this a bit. So, what do you think the best genre or the best mode is for co-op? Uh, hands down, couch co-op console all day. Couch co-op, okay. There's think- just nothing that's quite the same of being able to sucker punch your friend in the shoulder. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably true. I think arcades a close second, um, and I would say this. I would say something similar. But what do you think? I know neither one of us really is a big fan of this this genre. But what about racing games? Uh, racing games, I think, are best played in the arcade in an actual like racing simulator setup. There's nothing more fun than like that. On I remember. A motorcycle. Yeah, I remember playing Cruise in the World. Uh, in CC's Pizza, like every Sunday over like a couple of years, and uh, there's some good childhood memories there. So I think that's probably the best setup for it. Now you can replicate, replicate, replicate. Listen to me, I can't replicate. talk. You can replicate that setup at home with one of those racing rigs in your console. Um, but I think for that, it's the it's having the wheel that makes the big difference because it's just so much more natural feeling. Oh, I agree. I, I think it's more natural feeling. I think you lose some of the, the, the more in depth or the depth of some of those games where you can unlock 200 cars and all the, get all the, obviously you can't stay in an arcade and, and get that level of depth as you could at home, you know? And, and uh, I mean, graphics, everything else could be matched in terms of enjoying a racing game, if your idea and your your goal is to unlock all the different cars and ride and drive hundreds of cars and motorcycles or whatever else, 
the console probably is the only way that can be delivered. But in terms of like immersion and actually playing, uh, playing those as if I was actually in a car, the closest that you can get is the arcade rigs where you're literally sitting on a bike or sitting in a race, the, the chair of a race car, turning a steering wheel and, and yeah. using the pedals. I mean, there's, there's no other way to really simulate that uh, any closer, you know, so but that's I think, probably the peak. I think we will see the ability to unlock our profile and save game data in arcades in the future. Like NFC is already possible and all your console stuff is now stored in the cloud. So I see no reason why they couldn't make it possible for you to put your phone on a pad at the arcade and log into your save data and continue. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like that's yeah. what I would do. Because all that's you, the only downside. All you people they have. who just don't care about your privacy. Yeah, listen, that's copyright. Yeah, that's <laughs> copyright. You gotta pay me royalties for that idea. Yeah, NFCs, log that's your right. l- like, let them log in, let them log in. Um, but I think that would enable it to be more of a continuation because I think the downside arcades have, and this is a slight deviation, but the downside arcades have is it's very much a plug and play situation. So you go in, you play the games, you leave, and your progress is done. I think if they want to make arcades part of people's regular lives, they need to be able to save progress in the future. So I think that's that's somewhere that they need to go because that is a big downside. Like, you know, while it is super fun to be on one of those bikes and those games are freaking great, you know, once you've paid your money, like, that's it. You know, you don't, you don't get to continue from where you started unless you have an unlimited pile of coins. And none of us do. Right. No, none of us, none of us do, so. All right. Well, good. Uh, any closing thoughts? Any other genres or, or modes? That- um, I would just say I think that arcades don't get enough love because the other genres of games are pretty accessible at home. But I have to say, shooters like House of a Thousand Corpses and things like that are super fun to play in the arcade. I just think the downsides of not being able to save your progress and experience the entire game because you run out of money, because that's what happens, um, make it so that those games are better played at home. Right, right. To such an extent that it's not worth it. But let me tell you, using an actual gun, super fun. It is fun. There's no doubt. Rail shooters are definitely better in an arcade. Um, well, all right. Well, that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All of the notes from this week's episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or message us on Facebook or Instagram at Retro Rebel Podcast. So, Retro Rebel Podcast. Be sure to type in the space that I just said. That you, no, Retro Rebel Podcast. <laughs> Retro Rebel Podcast, all one word. And please head over to wherever you get your podcasts and rate us because that really helps our show. Until the next time. See you later.